This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. My name is Michael Zuber, author of One Rental at a Time, and this is my wonderful puppy, Jimbo, who will be sitting in my lap because he is pretty fussy this morning. So as we look at the daily financial news, I want to let you know about something first off. Uh, as we had Bill Allen from Seven Figure Flipping on the show about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, talking about being an entrepreneur, balancing the home life with work life, and really touch, talking about a, a touching moment uh, in his relationship with his wife that could have gone either direction. Great video. You need to check that out. Uh, but he committed to, in that video of getting us uh, a private money video, and once again, Bill Allen has over-delivered. If you're a member of my course, How to Get Started One Rental at a Time, his 30-minute video and his seven-figure, uh, or his roadmap to private money PDF, which is a seven-page document, which I've gone through a couple of times and is just awesome, will be uploaded sometime today. I'm going to guess after lunch, just given what I got going on in the morning. But it will be there. It is doesn't cost anything. We're adding a private money section to my course. And until it's done, we will not raise the price. And again, I want to thank Bill Allen for doing it. Again, as I said in that video or interview with him, he is on the Mount Rushmore's of real estate investors for me. He is He's one of those guys up there. And to have him contribute is... Uh, just exceeds all my expectations. So thanks again, Bill. Not sure if you will ever see this, but hopefully some people that follow me follow you and they will tell you that uh, that I said that. So thank you, buddy. So as we go and look at the daily financial news, a couple of things jump out at me today. First and foremost, uh, we got to talk about Kathy Wood and ARK Investments. If you don't know who Kathy Wood is, she is perhaps arguably the hottest stock picker in the game. Uh, she bet on Tesla early. She called Tesla high. And without question, she is running a hot, hot hand. Uh, I have seen this before, right? I've been in this game, as you know, 20, 30 years. Uh, I have seen hot investors who stay hot or think they're hot longer than their trade is working. Uh, something that is very clear with Kathy is she is doubling down on her opinions I think she might be doubling down on her opinions into a changing market. A changing market could could change the outcome for her, for her tech-heavy investments. And I say this because yesterday she came in and, to quote her, bought a lot of Tesla, kind of turned around Tesla yesterday, almost single-handedly. And if you hear other... Um, Folks talk about the money she is raising because she has the hot hand. She doesn't seem to be changing her opinion. And I think the economy is changing. I think we're going to see an environment where the big six or the big 10 tech just go out of, I don't know if out of favor is the right word, but but we're going to have a stock rotation. We're going to have an opening. We're going to have, we're going to have money moving around and 
this could hurt Kathy if she doesn't change. Now, obviously, she runs many different funds. She could change in a moment's notice. Uh, she's very, very smart. But I just wanted to put this out here. You know, as we sit here on the 24th of February after Kathy doubled down on Tesla yesterday, I've seen other hedge funds that were the top of the game one, two, three years in a row. They didn't change when the economy did. They suffered a pretty rough year, a humbling year. And um, we might be coming to one of those points for Kathy. I don't know, but I just wanted to kind of share that here. Next up, the 10-year treasury. Again, I told you this on January 1st. It's the thing we have to watch. And um, it just hit 1.42, highest since February of last year, kind of pre-shutdown. Folks, the economy is opening up. We're getting ready. People are, the Fed is printing. We got the government wanting to spend another $2 trillion and likely another 2 to $4 trillion after that. I, you know, the Fed... The Fed really can't hold the long end. Yeah, they could buy it. They could try to force it down, but they only do that for the short term. And as a real estate channel, what do I tell you all the time? I track the consumer and the cost of capital, and the cost of capital is going up. So we got to watch that. Looks like J&J's vaccine is going to get approved. We kind of all knew that, but it's going to get approved here shortly. I really think this leads to a vaccine glut. Call it tax day. April 15th. So again, that will be one of the last things that get us out of this dark path. Again, the light is getting closer. The economy is going to open up. And I think just like China, we're going to be spending, spending, spending. We got this 1.3 trillion on the sidelines. It is going to be interesting. Uh, as for earnings today, um, we got lows. Remember Home Depot was yesterday, uh, beat top and bottom. Uh, unlike Home Depot, that kind of gave a very cautious view of the future. Lowe's is like, hey, things are going to be okay. Maybe a couple of home improvement projects throttle back, but we're going to be good. They expect the economy and home buying to pick up. Kind of a different message, Lowe's versus Home Depot, but it'll be interesting to see who's right. We got Six Flags, the amusement park operator saying, come hell or high water, they're going to open all their parks this year for the summer season. We will see what that means, what kind of occupancy, what kind of increased um, you know, costs they have from keeping the park clean or testing or whatever they have to do. Don't know if you saw this, but uh, New York, Madison Square Garden had fans yesterday. I don't think it was a lot. I think I heard 2,000 or maybe it was 2,500 fans. But New York, kind of the epicenter, the first place to shut down, actually had fans in the stands. Maybe, maybe we'll have some fans for Golden State Warriors after the All-Star break. I don't know. If you don't know, I'm an, I am a season ticket holder to the Warriors. Haven't gone since last March, I think, when they shut down the season. So it will be interesting to see if they bring fans back, how they do it, all of that. Uh, so we will see what's going on. Don't know if you saw this, but both Square and MicroStrategies bought a ton more Bitcoin. Uh, Square upped its stake by 3,300 3, coins or 170 million. Their average price is 51K. Losing a little bit of money right now. And then we got MicroStrategies dropping a billion dollars on over 19,000 coins. Their average price of all their coins they own is 24,000, although this last batch was bought at 52.5. So they're, uh, they're down a little bit on the latest, but their cost basis is you know respectively low. I got to tell you on micro strategies, at what point is it not a fiduciary duty to have that much of your 
company's balance sheet tied in crypto. It, uh, I think we're there. When you start borrowing money to buy, that's, uh, I think that's a step too far. Certainly doing it a couple of times. I don't know. I think MicroStrategy's board, the uh, stockholders need to look at that. They won't because, again, MicroStrategy's is up. But, man, that's, a, that's an interesting strategy. As we talked about on Sunday, Toll Brothers was going to be one of those earnings we were looking at. We're like, what are they doing? Are they backing off? Are they raising prices? What's going on? Toll Brothers beat top and bottom and raised guidance. It wasn't quite the, you know, all gung-ho, let's just keep going like they were in 06, 07. They're like, we're doing pretty good. You know, we're not building on spec. We're, we're building as bought, but uh, didn't seem like they were going to slow down at all. So Toll Brothers, again, kind of that high-end. I would definitely call it luxury homes, uh, still doing quite well. Intuit software missed uh, top and bottom. Missed. That's the first time we've said that in a while. Missed top and bottom. Might sneeze. Let's see. Nope. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, uh, but they're, they uh, talked about uh, the upcoming season being good. It's their tax season, so we shall see. Mortgage applications unexpectedly fell. Again, I don't know if that, why this should be unexpected. Texas was essentially shut down for much of last week. Uh, Texas was down over 40%, just to give you a feel. Nationally, that brought in mortgage apps down 11.4%. Um, what else? Oh, and the average 30-year mortgage, I told you this was coming, is now over 3%. It was 3.08. Just last week, it was 2.98. That's quite a move in only seven days. Lots of talk now about unemployment being much worse than we've talked about. I brought that up many, many times. The U3 at 6.3% has never been so useless. It is it is useless. It is wrong. It is so wrong. We need to stop talking about it. We have lost millions of women from the workforce. Uh, the bottom end of the K is suffering. This 6.3 is damn near full employment. If you go back to the teachings of the 80s and 90s, it is nowhere close to that. We were over 10 or 11% when all included. Something I found interesting yesterday is cash. I don't know about you, but I don't remember the last time I actually used cash. You know, during this crisis the last year, I think I gave a couple of tips in cash. But other than that, everything's been credit cards or PayPal or anything like that. I haven't used cash. But according to Brinks, the armored car company, cash collections, right, when they pick up cash and move it around, is actually up. Let me get this number. 6% in 2020. That surprises me. Perhaps that be that's because we're sending, you know, stimulus to... Everyone, maybe they're using cash differently. I don't know. But yeah, it, was, it surprised me that cash actually was up 6%. The actual actual cash, like dollars. And then again, we know about the $1.3 trillion excess in savings. But we're actually talking about cash, where Brinks drivers in armored vehicle would go pick it up. So we are seeing what's going on. Uh, next up, we got SoCal Homes. Again, we're talking about San Francisco being a big negative for California, but... Much of California is doing awesome. It's, if you, it's doing awesome if you're a homeowner, not so good if you're a buyer. LA up 12.6% year on year. Orange County, 6.7. Riverside, 17.1. Riverside is a lot like Fresno. It's kind of inland empire or like inland like Fresno is. And then San Diego up 9.4%. So again, 
much of California, low inventory, lots of buyers, more space, urban is losing. But yeah. And then lastly, the two out-of-state cities that have seen the most San Francisco transplants. You got a guess? Any guesses on what the top two cities are? I bet you get one of them right. I would have got one right. I don't think I would have gotten both right. Number one is Austin, Texas. My guess is most of us think Austin, Texas. And then second actually was Denver, Colorado. That one surprised me a little bit. So again, the biggest out-of-state destination for San Francisco residents. Again, we're looking at uh, po the post office moving addresses uh, is Austin, Texas and Denver, Colorado. Remember, today's a great day to make some money and be just a little bit better than yesterday. If you're one of my students, look for Bill Allen's private money video, raising private money video loaded later today. If you're interested in real estate investing, my course, How to Get Started One Rental at a Time, is amazing and only getting better as we add a private money section.